0: morning my name is Andy and uh, I am so thankful uh, to be uh, continue to be invited to be a part of the uh, preaching team here at hope and it is a gift to uh, preach alongside Todd and Harrison and Jim and I'm just so thankful for this passage Uh, that was a long one to read wasn't it for John and uh, there were some awesome things in there though weren't there well uh have you ever noticed and unfortunately none of them or at least most of them aren't even here in the room with us right now but have you noticed that wherever two-year-olds are they kind of walk around like they own the place and like you know the power kind of rests with them in any given spot right see they need to hear this right now what I'm about to say about them and they're not even here right now um well even though the resounding evidence around them points to their parents and other adults having the power and authority they don't go in that direction of recognizing that a lot of times right and so here here's what we wish that they would kind of say and understand in their minds at some level right boy they sure are a lot bigger than me you know like there's something maybe they should have power and authority they do they're a lot bigger than me they can pick me up so easily but I can't pick them up at all they know how to take care of me but I sure don't know how to take care of them they seem to know more about the world than I do I seem to cry and fall apart so easily but they seem to keep it together and show more maturity than me they are able to give me all the things I need and I don't have any of that to give to myself i can't give them what they need so even though it would seem to be really obvious uh, to a two-year-old that they should embrace and seek the power and authority of adults they tend to reject it at times well our passage today there are examples of rejecting uh, god's authority and power and examples of embracing and loving and seeking his authority and power so that's what we're going to break this passage up into so we're going to go through it twice but we're going to highlight first the rejection parts and then go through it and highlight the parts where his authority and his power are accepted and sought out and loved So coming into this passage uh, remember we had the the lame beggar healed right and peter preached his sermon uh, to the crowd after that that miracle and everyone rushed to hear them speak in response to the miracle like whoa this just happened everybody's rushing to hear what's going on like what would they say about what just happened and our passage flowing out of that uh, really shows us the first persecution of the Christian Church the first persecution that we face as God's people but let's first look at the rejection of God's power and authority in this passage so uh, verses 1 through 4 we see things like uh, they continued to speak right and they the three groups came upon them so here's just two guys two apostles and somehow there were three authority groups needed to come like take care of this which tells you that there's a sense of fear about what they have to say a sense of they're seeing a response of the people and so man let's just rush everybody in to like take care of these guys as quickly as possible so they don't like seeing this display of power and the message that's coming from it they want to squash it and they want to throw in all the authorities to, to come get them and what an interesting phrase right uh, in verse 2 greatly annoyed or some versions might say greatly disturbed can you imagine like these guys are just like what it- didn't we just get rid of this Jesus guy Didn't we think that this was all over with and like look now that there's people talking about him again like when is this gonna go away just kind of a sense of annoyance but being disturbed at like whoa there was this great act of power that was done and now there's people that are following after this message that comes with this act of power so being greatly disturbed and that's what happens I mean I mean we can understand why they would have that kind of reaction being annoyed being disturbed I mean anytime uh, something gets in the way of how we want things to be in our day anybody ever here been annoyed at something taking longer than you hoped would take because you had a different plan set up in the day Um, you want to have the power and the control over things but yet something else steps in the way of your power and your control and we get annoyed And upset and disturbed so we can understand where they're coming from but it is kind of crazy three groups sent in to respond to this and there was this new there was a sense in which the message was new because Jesus is is gone and so it's a it's his people it's his church now so there's a sense in which it's a new message but it's the same one a continued message of who has the power Jesus has the power even to resurrect which is part of their message right and that was what really annoyed the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection so they had this pa- they, they had this message that they were saying this is who has the power even the power to resurrect and this is who you should put your trust in And they didn't like that message okay in verse seven they ask a good question by what power or by what name did you do this and they they answer them and you know it's a great question but we know that they aren't ready to receive the answer honestly like we we know that because we see what happens afterwards their question isn't really one that's like seeking like hey tell us how this happened because how this happened we really see something attached to this and we want to buy into that we want to follow that we want to follow that message we want to believe in that message that's not why they're asking the question they want to get an answer but we know that they're not ready to receive that answer unless honestly it affirms what they want to be the power the thing that's already established the thing that they're already comfortable in and so they hear a different message that doesn't line up with what they want to affirm they want their power to be affirmed they want their way of life to be affirmed and then uh, in verses 11 and 12 you see that there's a declaration by Peter of their rejection So another sign of their rejection of God's power is Peter declaring to them their rejection. And there's this really important verse that Peter quotes, and it's from Psalm 118. So the stone, this Jesus, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. And you better believe that when he says that, even though he's kind of saying it in a he's not like okay even in your bibles you know how a lot of times when scripture is quoted from the old testament or something like that or from another spot it kind of indents it and puts it separately it doesn't do that here this is more like in his conversation within his declaration to them he's quoting from psalm 118. and this is a big deal and he knows that they know what he's talking about so he is saying to them that jesus is the stone From Psalm 118 and accusing them of rejecting the stone so let me read to you from Psalm 118 open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them this is verse uh, 19 Uh, and give thanks to the Lord this is the gate of the Lord the righteous shall enter through it I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So that's where that piece of scripture is from. And we also see this same thing quoted the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. We see that quoted in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So in those three Gospels, Jesus quotes that same psalm. it's it all follows each one of those times that he quotes it it follows the parable of the wicked tenants and so in that parable if you remember there's a landowner who puts tenants in charge of his land and he sends people to kind of check up on them and they keep beating some of these messengers they keep doing I mean they treat them very very poorly and then the landowner decides hey I'll send my son to them surely they'll listen to him because like I have the ultimate authority I'll send some of these lower messengers and they haven't listened to them if I send my son surely the tenants will listen to him but when they see that the Sun has come they just want to think about killing the son because they want the land for themselves to do with as they see fit so jesus after telling that parable attributes the tenants to the Jerusalem, to the leaders of the of the israelites and says the way that the son was rejected by the tenants you have rejected me you have rejected the cornerstone so that's why he then quotes that. So Peter is doing the same thing here. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So this represents the Jewish leaders being entrusted with God's people and the spreading of his kingdom, but they've rejected the way to do it. And then we also see in 1 uh, Peter, in 1 Peter. He quotes psalm 118 again but it's attributed to anyone who doesn't believe in jesus has rejected the son as well that's huge so it's not just applied now to religious leaders who reject jesus but it's applied to anybody who rejects christ has rejected the cornerstone so the overall message of this quotation in many different places in scripture is that the one that has been thrown away the stone that has been thrown away is the most important stone of all all things are measured by that stone that just got thrown away all things because if you know with with a cornerstone right and many times you can, uh, probably there's even some buildings downtown where they mark the cornerstone differently than all the other stones on the building because it's the one that they were able to build the whole building off of. Like you start with that one and you measure all the walls and everything according to that cornerstone. So if you reject the cornerstone, what is your building going to be like? What kind of integrity is it going to have so for us as followers of Christ if you know Jesus in this room you've trusted in him for the forgiveness of your sins and he's your Lord and Savior we fall into the trap of we know the cornerstone okay and our life has now been built according to the the cornerstone the old foundation has been ripped up. The new cornerstone has been laid. And the trap that we can fall into, though, is as we've started to build the building according to the cornerstone, we can lose sight of the cornerstone at times, right? And then maybe da- this way down the wall, down here, we end up liking this stone that's maybe a little bit farther down here. Maybe it's something that we've really attached our heart to, that in light of Jesus, it's a good thing but on its own if we make it more important than Christ it becomes an idol and a distraction so down here down then we'll start building and measuring things according to this stone down here maybe and we'll we'll take some time building off of that stone and that part of our building we start to see just isn't working out too well because we're, we're measuring things according to that stone that's way down the line and not here with the cornerstone continually going back going back going back building off of the cornerstone and so we lose sight of that and we try to build off of other stones and so I just want to challenge it I mean this is part of what I was you know wrestling with as I'm preparing is like okay Lord and the Lord usually lets me know in many different ways throughout my life reminders you're building on the wrong stone but I just want to encourage us for a moment is a little bit different but just take a few seconds here let's just talk to the Lord together let's just talk to him about some stones we know we're building off of that aren't him okay just take a second all right Lord Jesus, we know that you are ready to forgive us and that in you all sins are forgiven. Oh Lord, but we are so distracted so easily. Help us with these things you are laying on our hearts and minds. Help us to see you as more glorious. Help us to build according to you with your help, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So now, If you're in the room and you don't know Jesus the the way to think about the rejection of Christ is maybe you just keep rejecting and not trusting in Christ and you are throwing away the God of the universe who has said this is how to come into relationship with me and if the God of the universe says that this is the way I've made a way for you to be right with me I want you to be in relationship with me and if he says this is the way to do that but we keep rejecting it you keep saying no that's not the way I want to do this then you keep throwing away the foundational point by which all of true life really begins so I would encourage you think on pray about ask for I mean even if you're just like Lord I just don't even know ask the Lord to help talk to a Christian friend ask them how they first came to know Jesus talk to them about those things want to encourage you don't throw away the stone don't throw away the cornerstone okay in verses 13 through 16 they see all this evidence The religious leaders do they saw the boldness of Peter and John they are astonished at these common men who are uneducated they can see that they've been with Jesus they healed a man and the man is standing right beside him he's right there and they're seeking to oppose the message but they can find no grounds to oppose it. I mean when you want to do something so bad to oppose a message but you can find nothing to go against it and you still reject it boy you're in a rough spot seeking to oppose but finding no grounds they say a notable sign has been performed they recognize that they can't deny it we can't deny it they say they can't deny the power and the authority so so much is on display of God's goodness power and might and authority So much is on display but they reject it and that's the same for us too every day every day so much of god's authority and his goodness and his power and his might and his care for us is all going on around us every single day every single day are we going to recognize it are we going to give him glory are we going to thank him and praise him when we see those things are we going to ask him to help us to see those things more so let's embrace god's power and authority and praise him and thank him and then in verses 17 through 21 we see their verdict so even though they saw all this evidence the word that just stinks for them in verse 17 but but in order that it may spread no further among the people let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name so all the evidence came to him but they decided to go in this direction instead and he warned them not to speak or teach they warned them not to speak or teach about Jesus to anyone threatened them they desired to punish them they wanted to do more but the people were praising God because of what had been done so there they are stuck in that spot again but they want to keep rejecting okay now let's look at embracing and seeking the power and authority of Christ so in verses 1 2 we see that after Peter's sermon they continued to talk to people about Jesus this is if you're if we're seeking after God's authority if we're loving his authority and his power and loving his glory then we're gonna want to talk to people about it our hearts gonna be in a good space we're gonna want to talk to people about what we love we're going to be seeking to do that. We're going to be teaching and proclaiming about Jesus just like they were in verses 1 and 2. And then in verses 8 through 12, uh, as Peter was answering, remember it says at the beginning of verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, So the Spirit is who allowed Peter to believe in Christ in the first place and to proclaim the message. And that's something that's so important for us to keep reminding ourselves of daily is that we need to remember how we first came to know and believe in jesus it's not by our own ingenuity it's not by our own spirituality it's not by our own thoughtfulness it's not by our own goodness it's not by our own works we came to know christ because of the holy spirit's power to change us from going this direction away from god to this direction of loving Jesus and following him that's part of embracing his power and authority is recognizing that being humbled by that loving that in verse 10 love these words let it be known let it be known to all of you This is part of what it means to seek and to acknowledge God's authority and power is that we love to give glory where glory is due we love to do that it's a good thing to give God glory all the things that he's doing in our lives to give him the glory and honor is a great gift I wish I did it more often I wish that that was my reply and my response that when I see these things happening whatever it may be in life even just a good conversation with a friend I'll laugh with my children whatever that I just turn to the Lord and I say Lord thank you for that that's from you that's from you and it's a good gift so being able to acknowledge and give glory to the Lord and to tell people about that let it be known this is who did this for me this is who did this in my life this is who did this there or here whatever then in verse 12 what a great statement there this as christians should make our heart sing and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. It all rests on Jesus. He gets all the glory. What's going on? i sorry. Right here. Okay. we will try that. Okay. Let me switch to this. Okay. I'll do that. So let it be known. And in verse 12, this is the person. This is the one that all focus should be on. He's the cornerstone. There's no other, there's only one cornerstone. There's only one. So all focus should be on him. And in verse 20, we see uh, these sweet words. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. I love phrases like that because I want to just apply that to myself. You know, when I see the work of the Lord going on around me, can I not help but speak about what I've seen and heard? The smallest things to the biggest things. Can I not help but speak about it? That is acknowledging the Lord's authority and power and loving it and seeking it now this last part here I think really applies to our theme uh, this year that we want to grow in as uh, God's people as a church how we want to grow in unity and fellowship growing together in Christ I love this sweet passage of the response of God's people together so in verse 24, it's 24 through 31, they hear about what the Lord has done. And then that phrase right there, they lifted their voices together. They lifted their voices together to God and said, and then this prayer, this sweet prayer flows out of them. And look at that first phrase that they say when they talk to the Lord, sovereign Lord. That phrase recognizes power and authority, doesn't it? sovereign lord you are in control of all things you made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them they don't even like first talk to him about like the exact thing that just happened but they recognize he's the one that's in control of all so whatever we're about to say after that like that's just part of like if he did all these other things then this is just part of his sovereign rule and reign and love and care for us he's done all this other stuff so lifting their voices together they want to recognize the power and authority of God by seeking him together in prayer so they respond in praise and thanksgiving together and this is this is part of the challenge I think for us as God's people when we gather together whether it's coffee just one uh, one other person maybe when we gather in our community groups together are we allowing for time to talk about what the Lord has done is that is that part of what we do together are we allowing for that time and then are we allowing for the response of talking to the Lord together in response to hearing that getting to share about hard things and good things and everything and then our response is seeking the Lord together about that that is a tremendous way that we can grow together in unity and fellowship and growing together in the Lord is to allow for margin and time to share about what the Lord has done in our midst and to go to him and talk to him about it to pray together And look at their posture that they have they say grant to your servants they go to the Lord and they recognize he has the power and the authority so Lord would you please help us with this would you please give us this thing that we know we can't do on our own because you have the power and authority we need your power to help us to be bold to talk about Jesus so us coming to the Lord and saying Lord would you please do this in me would you please give us the power we need to do this it's just like when we sang uh, over a thousand tongues to sing it's uh, so my gracious master and my God assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth abroad the glories of thy name glories yeah I think so yeah we're asking the Lord even in a song Would you assist me, Lord, to proclaim the excellencies of you who called me out of darkness into your marvelous light? So grant to your servants, so may we approach the Lord and recognize his authority and his power and say, Lord, would you grant to us these things? Would you help us? So wouldn't this be a great way for us to grow together in unity and fellowship this year? is to seek the Lord in prayer and recognize his power and his authority. And sweet things are going to flow out of us, aren't they? Amen? Amen.